everybody, welcome back to uh, yet another world building bonus episode. Uh, in fact, this is going to be our final world building bonus episode of the year, and even the final podcast episode of the year. I said that in a very weird and stilted weird way, um, but I'm not going to cut this out. <laughs> uh, I'm joined by Eden yet again. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Yeah, all good. Ready and raring to, I don't know, throw ideas out into the ether and see what sticks. <laughs> yeah. Um, today, we are going to be talking about a subject which uh, you, the listeners, um, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, voted on. Uh, we we threw out, I should probably run down the options we were given on the poll Um and we can sort of see what see what you could have had. <laughs> um, so uh, I kind of threw out four different options for people to vote on for this final episode of the year. Uh, they were a winter festival, uh, a legendary hero, a town slash settlement, or a brave expedition. And overwhelmingly, uh, people voted for a winter festival. I guess you know it's quite fitting though. You know this is this episode is going out Christmas Eve and such. Yeah, so, makes yeah, sense. It's seasonal. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it all seemed great, right up until the point when I I sort of looked at it and went, cool, we're doing a winter festival. Then my brain went, you already wrote about a winter festival. So <laughs> I think what we're going to do is expand mainly on the admittedly quite small little kind of framework of, of a winter festival that I'd already written based on the date of this, uh, January 2019. So that's nearly two years ago I wrote this, and I haven't touched it since. So... No, no wonder I basically forgot about it. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of space to fill in the gaps and what have you. Yeah, yeah, we can always change everything and, and all that, so it, it's fine. Um, so basically, what I what I've got written. Oh, we should. I, I always forget to do this. We should throw out the the details for our world anvil page at the um at the start, um, so people can sort of follow along. Um, so you can find all of our homebrew setting stuff, but if you just Google uh, world anvil Valana V A L A N N A. It's the top result. That is our world. Uh, all of our D&D um, episodes and all of our, well, all these world building episodes really <laughs> are set in or are to do with this custom setting. So yeah, basically it's like a, it's a sort of Wikipedia for our setting really. And it has a lot of gaps in it that we are slowly filling in with these episodes. So previously, uh, as I say, start of 2019, I wrote about uh, what I've called the Frostfire Festival, which it's basically sort of like Christmas, sort of like New Year. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of, I sort of had it like it spans a whole week, but the week sort of is like half one, half in one year, half in the next year. So it sort of just kind of bridges over in between the, the two years, essentially, to sort of be like, right, we're right in the middle of winter. Is let's, let's have a big, have, let's have a big feast. And, um, sort of celebrate family friends you know everyone coming together to be like hey it's it's super not very nice out let's just party <laughs> um keep spirits up yeah 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 um which i you know that, that has real world sort of things as well because tr- traditionally with sort of christmas time and that obviously before probably before it was co-opted by uh christianity and whatnot um uh, and the, as a sort of real kind of like, hey, I'm just making my version of Christmas sort of thing. <laughs> I've put in, uh, a, there's a character called Grandfather Winter. Who I've described as a spindly figure with a beard of icicles, breath as cold as the north wind, and the skin the colour of a frozen pond. And he's usually just played by an elder member of the community. <laughs> and children, <laughs> uh, children have to prove their bravery to Grandfather Winter, um, which normally is just sort of like say you're going to be good <laughs> or admit guilt to something you've done or you know basically just yeah just be good <laughs> and they get a they get a gift from grandfather winter's chest of wonders a bottomless chest filled with countless treasures with a mind of its own which is usually just like a chest with some sweets in it <laughs> essentially <laughs> that's pretty much all i've written um because I, I really did cop out on this and just say the origins of the festival were lost to time <laughs> to fill in the whole history bit. But um, yeah, and it's not really traditionally tied to one deity or another. That's pretty much where we're starting from, I think. And, you know, I don't think it's the worst of... We definitely started from less, let's say that. Oh, oh yeah, no, this is this is perfectly good starting stepping point. But I guess, shall we start on the, the origin of things, if uh, as that's the biggest... Gap, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you got an immediate thought on how far back this goes? 
Well, I kind of, um, I mean, I, I, I kind of like the idea that it's not traditionally tied to one deity or another in this. Because it mm-hmm. really, rather than it sort of, um, you know, to sort of bring it away from just being a Christmas analogue, um, I, I like the idea that it maybe started literally just as like, oh, it's, you know, it's the end of the year. We've got, you know, you know, it's super cold. Let's just, can, can we can we just have one day maybe to forget about all this hardship or something? Like, it's just sort of started somewhere as like, couple of people maybe fed up with the um you know fed up with just the bitter cold and nastiness and everything and just being like maybe even if it just it was as far as like oh let's just get pissed or something <laughs> um <laughs> like it started more as less on the religious side of things and more as like a sort of cultural sort of um thing of like okay we you know we need something to keep us going through this long winter sort of thing yeah I'm just thinking along the lines of like some of the ideas here, like the the bottomless chest and the the grandfather who judges whether or not you're worthy or whatever. Mm. That that feels to me like the foundational ideas for that might have come out of a time of like real hardship and having to survive, and that maybe there would be like the oldest, wisest member of a group would be the guy that's kind of the quartermaster. Yeah, yeah. and he's got a quote unquote bottomless chest full of supplies, but you need to prove that you've earned your supplies for the day mm. because times are hard and the guy that does no work gets no food and that's just kind of morphed over time to be more of like a children's thing of like the children prove that they're going to be good for the year and then they get a treat yeah that's what i'm thinking and that it would at one point like living on the frontier or say if you were just in the north perhaps and it was just cold hard times yeah living through a few of those winters would require that kind of discipline until society had kind of gotten itself on its feet and things had started, I don't know, trade routes, whatever. The, mm. the things that would allow places that might be isolated to still get food during hard times, they might not be in place yet. But now that they are, hey, we can treat it like, oh, everybody that ever did that kind of way of doing things, that's great-great-grandfathers. They suffered through all of that. The grandchildren now have this kind of strange echo of it almost. Mm. Where it's like, yeah, we're kind of going through the motions of, look, isn't winter hard, and we're all coming together, and you've got to earn your keep, kids. You need to prove your place. Well, once upon a time, it was like, hey, if you were the kid that didn't earn their place, then you didn't eat. That that that, that kid had no ancestors. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I like that as a sort of like the the sort of general kind of like morphing over maybe it maybe even like centuries from this, like you say, position of kind of genuine hardship of like, okay, we have limited stuff. The people who are contributing the most really ought to, you know, be the ones who are getting the first dibs on it sort of thing. Hmm. Which is harsh in a way, but then if these winters are that harsh, it is maybe it's a harsh time, and yeah, yeah. it's it's almost like if you, if you're not cut out to survive this, then no, you will not get anything, and if you're not cut out to survive it, nobody's going to carry you through it either, mm. because maybe it just was that harsh. Yeah, which interestingly is like kind of the opposite of the whole sort of maybe how it is now the the uh, the idea of. Like sort of what the festival comes has come to represent, which is like family, friends, and community coming together to withstand it. Mm. Then was more. It was almost the opposite of like, oh no, if you you know we're not keeping the um, if you can't contribute, you can't you know you're you're not getting as much sort of thing. Which is sort of it's almost the opposite sort of thing. It's not the the community keeping everybody alive by pooling their stuff. It's the community, you know, you got to earn your place sort of thing. But maybe that's why this grandfather winter figure is kind of like a little bit sort of sinister in sort of aspect and that of being like this kind of quite kind of creepy sort of like tall spindly kind of figure. But like all all of his all of his kind of like attributes are things that almost you're trying to get away from in winter, which is, you know, like cold breath, you know, sort of freezing sort of anything kind of frozen and that you know skin the color of a frozen pond i mean you don't want your water supply to freeze up so maybe that's Mm -hmm. kind of all of the heart he's like an embodiment of like the hardship side of things and then everything else in the festival is sort of pushing back against that so like the ones who need the help the most like you know the old the people who you know can't do the you know the hunting gathering working farming and that so much they're now taken care of Mm -hmm. whereas he's 
more he's sort of it, it might be almost forgotten that this is why he's the you know <laughs> it's you know it's taken for granted now oh yeah no that's just how grandfather winter is, looks but it, it, it sort of started out that he was a representation of the other side of you know the opposite side of that of like no i am this is what we're hiding from you know if that yeah, makes sense absolutely and perhaps it would be the kind of thing where if it was like born out of hardship that there would eventually come a point where the tide was starting to turn that the hardship was starting to fall away a little bit perhaps and that certain individuals within in this community might have decided like oh such and such banged his knee the other day he can't actually go out and do any work right now but i'm going to give him a bit of my food because i'm doing all right Mm. and that that could have built up over time to become this thing of like maybe eventually it just became accepted that hey we're not actually going to let anybody fall behind anymore no no. it's there's no reason now everybody's doing all right enough that you you carry me today i'll carry you tomorrow that kind of thing yeah for sure yeah yeah because i mean uh, uh, it could be a thing of like um the ones who aren't able to sort of hunt or whatever you know the ones who aren't providing in that way during the times of you know summer and that they have other skills that come into play sort of thing Mm. so like you say the the kind of i carry you today and then you're still there to carry you know to do your part in the you know in the summer because it's things like traders and things like that mm-hmm. who can't do the you know, trade routes or whatever you know or, or i don't know you know summer activities whatever yeah yeah and these yeah. are the kinds of individuals that would then lead into the creation of the festival perhaps that mm. as they stay at home and they're comfortable and that they appreciate the work being done by the people that are going out perhaps they the ones that start creating food items or they start arranging games they do things so that when the workers get back it's like hey we've got this all prepared for you because we want to show appreciation for the fact that you're keeping us all alive and then over time that just keeps building and building to the point where everybody's preparing for this now as the festival the festival is the main thing it's not the appreciation of the workers anymore it's like hey this is just the whole of society recognizes we like this thing that we do and mm. we're all in it together and then the Frostfire Festival would be born out of that, as it were. Like, there'd probably be, like, a point where they'd formalise it and maybe recognise, like, hey, this is the first year that nobody's had to go out during this period of time to do actual work, and we've kind of achieved what we set out to do. Like, our, our ancestors would be proud, that kind of thing. So it's time to start mm. holding a formalised festival. I think that the, the formalisation thing is quite interesting because maybe at a certain point it was... Maybe this is a sort of general kind of idea of, like, okay, we need to have something to look forward to kind of spread around different places and that but it was never sort of set as like no this is always going to be the sort of half of you know that this is always going to be the bridge between the two years but when it was when society was a bit sort of bigger when there was more kind of like a kind of connections and government even you know that's when it was sort of decided like oh no okay well we'll take this thing that everybody seems to be doing just on their own time frame and just say okay no we you know we're definitely still going to be doing it we're just all now going to do it at the same time, and let's just call mm-hmm. that the end of the like like the end of the year festival, basically, sort of thing. Because yeah. it's still going to have all of the elements in it. You know, we're still looking at it being in the middle of the winter and that. So it just kind of got sort of bureaucratized almost to be like, okay, no, this is you know, maybe it was being looked at as like, oh god, no, this this village is going to be out or well, not out of communication, but they're all going to be doing this this week. And then the next week it's this one, you know, like mm. someone, someone behind a desk somewhere has gone like, look, this, can we just do it everywhere at once? Get it out of the way. Yeah. yeah. We need to bring this in line so that we can maintain productivity. We need to know when we can send the cart from A to B and it will actually get there in time. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're very quickly realizing how actual Christmas got organized the way it was. Oh yeah. No, this is, <laughs> All of the, so many festivals and things all have like a very kind of specific purpose once upon a time, and then we're just a few generations down the line. And it's like, oh, that's an excuse to drink now. Yeah, mostly <laughs> that's, that's how we do it in this country, anyway. We're just a few generations down the line from all oh, the Coca-Cola trucks turn up every year. And oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you joke, but I do. Oh dear, what, oh, no, what no, a terrible no, it's only a, future we have ahead of us. It's only a part joke because I know people. You know, I don't think they're doing it this year, but like who? I know people who look forward to that because you know the. Coca-Cola truck turns up in Bournemouth Square every right. year. And like, thing. I don't go, but like, it's definitely a thing. I've just got visions of a weird choir that are like, and now we will sing our, the, the song of our people. Holidays are coming, holidays are coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> or not Jesus, as the case may yeah. be. I mean, it is a banger, though. That's a good song. <laughs> 
I've got an idea, just as a different angle in terms of like, okay, so we've got obviously the society, the festival, like there's the celebration yeah. and everything. But I quite like the idea, and maybe tell me if, if it's completely out of left field and not fun. Um, but I quite like the idea of like a temperance society of sorts. Like okay. that there would still be the people that hold like, no, we remember the real the traditional frostfire. Yeah. Yeah. And that they'd be the types that would like, maybe it's just because I heard this song the other day, but I heard the hymn in the Bleakwood Minter the other day for the first time in a very long time. And I was like, good God, yes. this is a maudlin Christmas song. It's, it's pretty grim, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, at one point this was like, this was the peak of like, it's Christmas. Let's sing in the Bleakwood Minter. <laughs> Sorry, in the bleak midwinter. <laughs> and God, I was like, I okay. remember doing quiet, like I was in the school choir for many years. And, that, mm -hmm. and doing like yeah, Christmas concerts and things, yeah. and like, yeah, this is before my voice dropped. <laughs> Back in the songs of praise days, Man, look, I used to be a soprano. Let's look at it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, you know, all of those kind of Christmas. Like as soon as you stop and think about them, a lot of them are pretty like pretty depressing and bleak, and mm -hmm. like they're all just kind of like, oh, shit's tough, isn't it? And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's that's it, all those Victorian dirges that are all just like, yes, it's horrible, and, and we're not going to eat and celebrate. We will abide, and we will stand here in the cold, because that's what God wants of us. And we will <laughs> not feed the poor, you know. Exactly. Yeah. That's... They wouldn't be there if he didn't want them to be. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I could imagine that there would be a group of maybe, like, not necessarily in right in the middle of everything, stinking it up, but on the edges of the festival, you might find like a group that are singing these like maudlin songs and giving everybody the evil eye as they pass, judging them, being mm. like frivolity at this time of year, disgusting. <laughs> Traditionalist sort of things, and then the people who during the rest time of the year are, are are like abstaining from drink and you know. Oh yeah, like you say they're, yeah. they're year round temperance people. They're just. I mean, what's a good way of putting it? Like, every community's got one. They're kind of like, I don't know, like, kind of, well, just like a party pooper type person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah no, the, the, like the curtain that. twitches, they're the ones that would be banging on the pub door because somebody's walked out and made a bit of noise just after closing time. Yeah. Like every one. little thing, they're the ones that are there with a stern look in their eyes and a complete, I don't know, refusal to let go of the smallest things. <laughs> No, I like that, the sort of re reactionary sort of um, kind of thing of like, because there's always someone, isn't there? There's always mm -hmm. someone. And, and I suppose this is something I haven't really kind of put into the, um, I mean, not that we've, you know, fully fleshed out a lot of stuff <laughs> in the setting, but it is a kind of reactionary kind of social movement, you know, even as small as this would be, you know, because you've got to imagine most communities are not that big, really, but there's going to be maybe one kind of crotchety old lady in the corner going like oh, these you people in my day which is you know it wasn't really any different in her day she just doesn't like alcohol so she's just taken on this yeah. sort of like general kind of reaction where sh there shouldn't be no fun no fun for anybody kind of you know <laughs> exactly yeah that's it and like you say maybe there aren't that many like maybe one or two per, per village but they'd all be like sending messages to the next village over it's like <laughs> do you know what they do in my village it's disgusting Oh yes, well you wouldn't you wouldn't want to move to my village. It's just as bad over here, if not worse. Like I could imagine that kind of like not in my back garden type attitude. Oh totally. <laughs> and uh, um, I mean we talked um we have the uh that all purpose almanac that we came up with. Mm -hmm. Um I, I get the feeling like there's gotta be like a letters page in there that maybe these people are the equivalent of writing letters <laughs> to the editor sort of thing. You know. Do people not understand propriety? Yeah. Do they not look to history and understand the reason? I mean, and for the um, <laughs> yeah, the people who publish the, the, the almanac, you know, it's just good free content, you know, just oh, slap some of these letters in the in the print. Oh, yeah, we, that, we, that now, we've padded out. Up. Yeah, we've padded it out by another five pages, and um, we know these people will buy it just to see their letters in print kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So everybody wins. Um <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I like that. No, no, that, that's a good addition there. I feel like it's very much a fringe thing and isn't going to be the focus of the festival. But it, yeah, yeah. it definitely is a sort of like added extra element of like, I mean, almost kind of like a sort of Luddite type thing, but without the technology aspect of like the f the festival itself has moved on to be a kind of, I mean, fairly wholesome 
sort of like everybody, you know, hey, we all help each other. We, we know we all have a feast. We all get together. We all celebrate the end of the year, start of the new one and that. Um, but they just can't let go of that past of like, no, this used to be about excluding people who couldn't do things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Some it's, of you aren't good enough to be living here. Guys, mm. it's a whole organization of Scrooges. <laughs> <laughs> Effectively. <laughs> of course, they'd all be wearing like dark dower colors. And oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. got a vision of them, like, a, I don't know, like a big stick with a lantern on the end of it. And they just stood there. Like, maybe there'd only be like a husband, wife, and an unfortunate young daughter or something who's got a look about her like she wants to be involved with the festival. But mm. it'd be like the, the Westboro Baptist Church kids. Oh, where for look sure. At them and yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. God, it's breaking my heart to see it. Because in your eyes, child, I can see you know that something is wrong here, but you can't get away. Yeah. If only you <laughs> could get away, you could see that. This isn't right, you know. <laughs> Most people aren't like this, but you're, you're trapped. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, even aside from this, like in real life, you see sort of. This is going to sound super judgy. Um, but like you see that that sort of odd family walking around in most most towns have got them sort of thing of like always kind of, I don't know, like you said, curtain twitching. Mm. But the, the you know you remember at school there was always a kid who was like oh no they're not allowed to go do this they're not allowed to come to birthday parties they're not allowed to yes yeah, yeah. not allowed to do any can't have sugar that kind of thing where it's like oh, yeah. okay right parents have put a moratorium on being a child right mm. but yeah can't watch uh, a twelve film because you're not twelve yet that kind of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> following the rules in a very arbitrary way yeah yeah for sure um, but then again I'm generalizing again but like it, always leaning on the sort of the ones who are more likely to be anti-vax and stuff like that as well that kind of like <laughs> you know <laughs> tr well, trust no the one but themselves kind of attitude sort of thing what's the D D version of anti-vax <laughs> <laughs> are they completely anti-magic are they just like i, I don't well, put any stock in that magic rubbish i don't know that's a good question really because i mean we haven't really delved into this, but I've always thought that probably the majority of like medicine stuff is still not done by clerics and things. Clerics are doing divine mm. healing and stuff, but there's probably still you're still going to have like just uh, like medical practitioners and things, you know, because a lot of things are just going to be like broken arm and stuff, and you're not going to go find the, the cleric just because you've broken your arm. You're just going to go see a guy who's going to set it. And yeah, that. unless you're really lucky and happen to have like the local chapel or something nearby mm. where it's oh he happens to be there so it's convenient to drop in oh for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. otherwise you're gonna have the medicine man who makes poultices or the old witchy woman that kind of thing yeah yeah uh, so i imagine all that's kind of that, that's still all there you know and i would imagine those who are kind of imbued with the kind of divine you know we're we're, we're seeing them disproportionately because we're playing D D. &D. Mm. but in the community you're not not every village is going to have a priest who can do you know healing spells most priests are just going to be priests sort of thing mm. yeah um, they can tell you the good word but that's about it yeah they're not exactly going to be thrown around like uh, oh child come here cure wounds you know <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i feel like yeah this is the this is the problem because it's a game we're disproportionately running into people who, who can do crazy amazing magic stuff and and things like that but you know if everybody could then society would be crazy and it, but just nature of things, you don't really see that so much. It's only the, the NPCs that you run into and like Jason shouts at and stuff. That's the ones that we're, you know. <laughs> it's a complete tangent, but I just went into the thinking about like, oh, what would it be like if you were one of these people that had like magic powers and you rolled into a very small town where they haven't seen it for a long time. Hmm. And then you do something to help somebody. And then you've basically got everybody running up to your feet like, please help, please eventually would you not just have to be like look i've got my life to live i've got to go like <laughs> is that when you like have to have to have a fireball floating in your hand like look guys i don't want to have to do this but you've got to let me go now <laughs> no i mean i think that's a good story of like you, you start out being like oh no i can help but then they, they there's just this constant stream of sort of people they always there's all, everyone's always going to have problems basically and you can't be the one to fix everything for them hmm so, it's kind of the crab bucket theory where no one crab will ever get out of a crab bucket because the rest of them will pull them down. Mm. So so many grabbing hands, you'll never get away from it. And then just to bring it around, because this actually feeds back into the Frostfire Festival idea of like, maybe that was the sentiment at some point, was that if you give help to one person in the village and that they're not actually going to pull their weight, eventually we're going to have all these grasping hands 
and we'll never be able to do enough work to be able to help that. And yeah. getting over that hump of recognizing like, okay, there's enough food in the bucket now that we don't have to worry about it, so to speak. Yeah, or even just like changing the thinking on it, because maybe that was, you know, that that was holding a lot of places back of thinking like, oh no, we uh, it has to this sort of every man for himself kind of thinking. It would create a kind of desperate helplessness that yeah. once you are like where once you know you're not going to get help you would become just a desperate beggar probably because there's nothing else to do but that mm. i feel like we're going in a very uh <laughs> look I've, I've got no problem advocating for socialism is what i'm saying um, hey, man. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're british people doing D, &D. of yeah. course it's going to have a little bit of like social commentary going <laughs> i don't think that any fiction is worth any time unless it's got some measure of like here's a reflection of the time that we're in yeah yeah exactly well, anyway, yes. So, yes, basically, the people came around to the idea that maybe helping other people is not wrong. Hmm. Um, and that it's not going to create problems down the line. As yeah, much, so yeah. If anything, the people that you might help get through the winter, like you say, might pay you back in kind later on when they can support themselves. Sort of thing. That's it. It'd be the kind of thing where Grandfather Winter might well have been like, it might just have been like one fairly harsh quartermaster in one place and that the story like spread yeah, like potentially it. something along those lines of like yeah it was one guy in one place and he had almost in a kind of scrooge way had to be shown the error of his ways by the good people <laughs> around him that he he held everybody to this standard and then when when everything seemed at its darkest everybody around him came to his aid or something like that maybe it was a turn of um a reversal of fortunes kind of thing and at that point, he realized he could be a bit more free with the quartermaster's role and that he could dish out bits and pieces here and there. Well, how about this then? Maybe he really was, he was like a kind of lanky, kind of thin guy, but just was mm. like in charge of the stuff. And what happened was he fell through the ice on a lake. Mm. And then they dragged him out. You know, he had frostbite, he had everything, but they, every, the community kept him warm. He was cared for by the very people who he would have left out to dry sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it changed his heart. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. And that leads into the whole, like, his beard is made of icicles because he comes out of the water and immediately it starts freezing. His yeah. skin is the color of a frozen pond. Well, he fell in the frozen pond. The kids that see this might well look at it and say, oh, he looks like the pond. Hmm. So like, he maybe those, didn't get that. kind of descriptors, yeah, that's a good foundation for yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe he didn't, he, you know, maybe the name Grandfather Winter came later sort of thing mm -hmm. when it had morphed yeah. into more of like a kind of mythical sort of figure of like, oh, no, a more of a sort of symbolic representation of winter itself rather than what it actually started out as in this one place being this actual guy who just happened to be kind of thin and <laughs> nearly died from frost <laughs> sort of thing. I like it. It's kind of like, what do you think in terms of, it, it sounds like a very childish name to give. So perhaps it would be like beforehand, it was, oh, make sure you don't upset grandfather winter. We need to eat. Maybe dad needs to get his food for the wood that he's going to chop, that kind of thing. Hmm. And then afterwards, maybe a year or two later, grandfather winter turns into this friendly figure in that the local kids like, it would be the kind of thing where, like, once upon a time, he would scowl at the kids as they go past, and then after this event, perhaps he'd give them a wave, and, oh, there's Grandfather Winter, and it's a, it's a reversal of the role, almost. Maybe. Um, it could be over-egging the pudding at that point, making it a little bit too saccharine, a little bit too well, much I, I, of the kind of, like... Yeah, I was kind of thinking maybe it would, it would be that, like, like, we're sort of taking two sides of it, so that, like, this sort of what people would consider the, the, the visual kind of elements of Grandfather Winter have come from this one folk tale of this guy. Mm -hmm. And the name Grandfather Winter and the sort of, like, the sort of connotations of it actually just being Grandfather Winter is winter. That's come separately. Mm -hmm. And then over time, they've just kind of merged together. Like, like again, to bring it back to Coca-Cola, the whole red, big bearded guy in a red suit is 100% Coca-Cola. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but people yeah, just draw that as Santa now. You know that is that's you ask a kid to draw Santa, that's what they're going to draw, and they won't know. You know, without the Coca any of the Coca Cola branding or anything, but that's where that physical visual representations come from. Completely mm. detached now, basically, other than in their own, you know, advertising. Yeah, so the apocryphal story becomes this broader thing. This mm. this thing of like 
maybe as an adult, the rest of them would all kind of like have an implicit knowledge that, oh, this story represents something, or at least the smarter people within the community might recognize that. Whereas for the kids, yeah, it's, it's just become this, I don't know, winter's allegory of sorts. Mm. Well, maybe it did start as like a sort of, like I say, the, a lot of the elements were with the kind of allegory thing as well of like, oh, you know, be good and we'll have a, and we'll have an easy winter sort of thing mm-hmm. and even it just started as you know as a way to kind of you know winter time you don't want the children to run off and fall through yeah, again fall through a lake you know there's dangers <laughs> there that they might not know about so you're trying to kind of keep the in light you know sort of keep them close and that and so you've got to be good you've got to you know listen to what we say in that and then so the, sort of the the lie well not lie but you know the sort of thing put out is like oh no if you're good we'll have a good winter and everything will be fine and then over that merges with this thing to make this character grandfather, like you know, grandfather winter of like be good and we'll have a good winter, and mm-hmm. grandfather winter come together as like this sort of anthropomorphization of the, you know the concept of winter. Yeah, and the visual and the elements then come from this one. For him and yeah, proving you're ready for grandfather winter so that you can have a good time when mm. the bad times come as it were. Yeah, yeah, and then the visual elements of this character, Grandfather Winter, have come from this, you know, obviously morphed over time, but like a thin guy with icicles for a beard and frozen breath, and he had a big chest, like, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, it's a really yeah. stupid old reference, and I don't know, you might want to cut this out. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> There's a really, really old advert. I-, I think it was Smirnoff Ice, the Judder Man. Oh, yeah, definitely remember that one. Yeah, the Judder Man is what I've got in my mind of like big spiky face, <laughs> like kind of yeah. made out of ice. <laughs> oh man, that was a classic advert. Yeah, no, it stuck stuck in my head clearly, yeah, yeah. But, but mostly just because the character concept was good. It's like, oh yeah, that's quite fun. That's on YouTube. <laughs> Now's not the time to be looking, but. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah I'm, totally I'm glad is. that you thought that fit the bill because I was like, I'm really, really aiming for something <laughs> properly. Like, listeners, if you know what the Judder Man is, I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody our age knows. Yeah, it's oh, it's, it's, um, it's Schnapps. Um, yeah, it was Alco Pops advert is what it was came from, <laughs> and it's probably God, it's, it's over ten years old now. It's definitely on YouTube because I found it. Um, cool. People can look there then and yeah, get educated. Just the Americans in particular, I'd expect the Judder Man. Um, then. Uh, yeah, type that into YouTube. It's the first result, basically. <laughs> it feels like a Mighty Boosh character. Not, not to take us too far <laughs> off into the bushes here, but it feels like one of those kinds of, like, it's a character with one trait, one very specific trait, <laughs> and that's it. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Oh, God, what's that guy? Oh, um, old Greg. <laughs> Stuff of course, with his mangina. Yeah. Uh, I like the mirror man who shines his balls and says, look how they shine. <laughs> Oh god, that's I. I it's been probably ten years and at least since I've watched that show. So I do wonder if it holds up because they first were first two were, seasons. First two seasons, I would say. There's a specific era of sort of mid two thousands, late two thousands comedy. That was, I mean, that was yeah. I did enjoy it at the time. I just can't remember much. I feel like it's something that, in a weird way, like I, most of what they did was like, yeah, that's kind of what we do to some extent. <laughs> like, just come up with very like weird ideas and then just like, go like, right, let's see it through to the end. Let's put our characters in the weird idea and say, what what would they do inside this weird idea? Mm. Anyway, bring anyway, it back yes, around. Bring it back. <laughs> but yeah, that oh god, I hadn't thought about that Judderman advert for a long. I mean, that must have been what. Late nineties, yeah. No, I was Alco Pops on the golf course time for me. I'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> it's around that era. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, so so bringing it back to this festival then, and moving away from the sort of grandfather winter element because I think we've covered quite a lot of that as sort mm-hmm. of this. Well, actually, okay. So here's what here's what I think. Wait, just to, just to cap off the grandfather winter thing. So the current sort of um way that that character is sort of portrayed is very much i mean what i've written i've kind of got is very much like a like a shopping mall santa <laughs> sort of thing but like not quite as cheesy but you know what i mean like the one member of the community probably puts a bit of blue face paint on and everything and it's an older person and they they hmm. play grandfather winter 
and the the small children have to come up and I've kind of written prove their bravery and I've sort mm-hmm. of said yeah it takes can take many forms from an admission of guilt for a transgression so they're sort of saying like oh no you know I mean the adults are going to know it's them really but they're sort of it's it's a le- it's a life lesson you know they're imparting you know yeah. they're, they're imparting sort of moral life lessons here of like you know you got to take responsibility for your actions uh vow to honor one's parents which i think you know we can tie back into that whole thing of like on like i said about kind of winter's a hard time and you want to keep the children safe so mm. this kind of falls into that kind of yeah, thing you don't want a kid to maybe sneak food that might cause a problem later mm. or go out into the cold when nobody knows so yeah I'll keep you in line and give them a little bit of extra motivation or think about grandfather winter when I'm about to do those things. Yeah. Uh, The, the other option I, well, the other sort of example I gave was like a promise to protect a younger sibling. So then again, sort of taking a little bit of the pressure off of the parents again, sort of thing, you know, it's a hard time, but but also imparting that lesson, like everybody takes care of each other sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But essentially, you know, they, (laughs) in mind, I've got it that they're, they're basically visiting, Visiting Grandfather Winter in his grotto. <laughs> <laughs> and they walk out with a gift, which is like, I don't know, like, might be some, you know, a sweet or, you know, a present of some sort, but like something, something small kind of thing. But this sort of symbolic, oh, it's Grandfather Winter's chest of wonders. And it, yeah. you know, it's just a box in most places. But, you know, it might be the kind of thing where in a lot of like small villages and towns, like all of the adults would kind of band together to be like, okay, so the the carpenter's going to make a wooden doll for this guy's daughter. He's going to give the carpenter's um, son uh, a hammer or something because he's thinking about go- taking on a vocation. He's about to come of age. Like you would have an exchange perhaps, and that mm-hmm. rather than the parents giving gifts, perhaps this is what happens instead, and that it's a community giving gifts, and that they could all be very con- consciously picked things that the the kids don't know this, but Grandfather Winter is definitely picking something specifically made or acquired for that child by the village to be like, hey, we're going to steer you towards this way of thinking, because a lot of toys and that kind of stuff ultimately do represent, like, hey, yeah. here's, here's the little bit of a trade, like, then start thinking about a trade and what you're going to do as you grow up, that kind of stuff. I like that, yeah, and I feel like that would maybe be a thing that's more practiced in smaller communities where everybody knows each other a bit more. Mm-hmm. Whereas the more kind of like, oh, you know, it's a sort of general kind of that he's giving out sweets and things like that. That happens more in, you know, because this is going to be, this is a festival that's celebrated everywhere. But, mm-hmm. you know, in a larger town or city, you're not going to have the opportunity to know everybody, but the children are still going to want to go visit Grandfather Winter. So in that case, if in, in one in one sort of, sort of way looking at it is the presents are less useful. Because they're just like, oh, so you've been good here. Have a have a lollipop or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it might well be in, on that line. It, you could have like a almost again on like traditionalist versus modernist view of like in the villages out in the sticks, they kind of do it the quote unquote right way, mm. where this is about like leading the next generation forward and giving them the tools to do that or the encouragement and what have you. Whereas in the cities, yeah, maybe it is just like it's an excuse to give kids sweets. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> and it's part of like. Yeah, as part of a shopping trip or something, you know, it's really. <laughs> again, we're bringing a bit of the social commentary and feel like, oh, it's the over commercialization of the Frostfire Festival, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. Well, maybe some highfalutin noble or something at some point back when it was formalized was the first one that did something really over the top for their child yeah. and started some terrible trend of just like, oh, now the nobles do some ridiculous version of this, where if it's not a horse and cart, uh, sorry, if it's not like a horse and carriage with footmen and everything, like that, that being the entire gift itself oh it's not enough like (laughs) that kind of attitude could come around in certain circles as it were yeah so we think it i mean i was kind of thinking there's probably going to be in general there was going to be like a gift giving element anyway but are you Mm -hmm. sort of saying that this is the only place where they're getting gifts yeah i thought maybe in those smaller places in particular that it would be the kind of thing where like as as a community you're not and especially like in terms of time and stuff, you can't necessarily justify giving a child what is just a toy to spend time with. Mm. If you're out in the middle of the sticks and this is a kid that's got to learn a vocation and the rest of it instead. Yeah. Conscious thought about like, Hey, I'm going to give him a little toy horse and car or something because we're going to be traders or well, I am a trader. My child should pick up that line. I'm going to give him a horse and cart so mm. that in his head, he can play trader or whatever. So again, maybe this is like a, a sort of a, a bit of a regional difference then between in the towns and cities. Maybe 
the grandfather winter visit is just like a sort of little trivial thing for the children of like oh yeah no you go in you get your suite you get to talk to grandfather winter and then maybe on the it'd be like the middle day of the festival you know when it goes over from one year to the next then the family give a gift Mm -hmm. sort of thing but that's something that's only really happened that's more recent addition recent change and like you say the traditional way of doing it is that the the community bands together and has something specific that's given out by this grandfather winter figure kind of thing so it's again we're still i mean like all the you know all traditions and that they morph over time so the the more recent morph is the sort of more urban kind of variant on it which is oh no the family give a gift which is a result you know of not everybody can know everybody sort of thing so you Mm -hmm. tend to just give a gift to the family you know that within your own family sort of thing yeah yeah it's it's become separated from the grandfather winter thing of a, a, a little bit yeah and that there's like an inter- implicit logic to it all that like it, it makes sense as you say that that thing of like hey if you don't know all of your neighbors you're not necessarily going to sit down with them and go so what should i get my kid for uh, <laughs> the Frostfire festival mm. like, you're not even bothered about their input yeah yeah i mean that makes sense sort of thing you know you, you're going to keep things in the family if you don't really know everybody yeah and not in that terrible hills of eyes kind of keeping it in the family way <laughs> Oh god, we hope not. I don't want to introduce that into our setting, not in an official <laughs> capacity. Like, well, there's a lot d- of mountains out there. There's a lot of deep caves and <laughs> places for people to get lost for a few generations. Oh no, I'm not saying like, uh, okay, no, I'll stop right there. <laughs> All I'm saying is, we're do, not. Do you about just want to, to draw a line and not have bone tomahawk take place at any point during any of this? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Basically, I'm saying we're not going to do a world building episode on the weird incest families in the woods. Like, <laughs> not anytime soon, anyway. Folks, given a chance to vote, if you want to hear it, <laughs> I'm I'm game for that recording. <laughs> First episode of the new year, we're going to talk about the woods people. Oh god. Ah, <laughs> uh, um. So yeah, or not Christmas. Fake Christmas, Frostfire Festival. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bringing it back around. Bringing it back around. Um, is there, like, would you want to attach necessarily a, a strictly, like, actual formal religious element to this in any way? Is there, Are any of the deities of the world associated, or is this more that it's just this is the festival of the people? Well, that's think? a very good question, because um, I can't remember if we have a deity of winter. Uh, I'm just going to have a look. Um... Deities. Oh, I'm all right with locations to some extent, but I don't know how many deities and things you might have come up with. That's uh, that well, think... we did a whole episode on deities um, about nine months ago, and I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Is time I did write I'm just looking through. There's a, a little bit closer. We've got Aurea seasons, goddess of the seasons and change. Uh, I'm just seeing if there's one of winter. I've got a feeling. Yeah, there isn't one. I got a feeling that. Um, us thinking, oh, you know, we'll just simplify this. Uh, Liam and I just folded a god of winter into the god of seasons and change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the kind of thing within a pantheon that where it might well be that that's the recognized god of the moment, but there might be a lesser god mm-hmm. and somebody in a lesser book. It, it depends on, I don't know, you're, you're the one setting the standard in terms of how the society is structured like that. But I can picture that, like, yeah, it might be that in the minds of most common people, this major god is the one that represents all of the seasons, but actually this god has had four children, and that each of those four children actually does their work during the four phases of the year, and that the parent oversees the entire year, as it were. That The way that a lot of old panth- um, pantheons work is a lot like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of written it down on the, the article here as the primary pantheon, so it totally could be like sub sort of even if they're just kind of sub aspects of this main Mm. one um that we just kind of haven't named yet so it it could be uh, in regards to the frostfire festival i get get the feeling i'm i'm not uh, opposed to there being some element of it maybe sort of in a slightly those already religiously inclined maybe take this as an opportunity to worship you know and to, and to have certain services to this i mean we've got ori the goddess of seasons and change maybe this becomes a sort of this has been co-opted a little bit not in like the fully fully taking over way that you know christmas and christianity and, and that you know took over what was it um 
god why am i paganism yeah the pagan one that i can't remember the name of um oh yeah I'm, I'm, that was sort of it's not the same it's time. not gnosticism um, yeah. no 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 i just mean yeah. there was like a festival at this time and my brain is um throwing is not yeah no, I'm, no I, I, it's in my head as well and i'm i'm struggling because i'm like yeah. I've, i know a decent amount about all this stuff but all in one big tangled lump of concept yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah you, you know what i mean so not in that not in that full kind of way of like oh no we're co-opting this whole thing and anybody who does <clears> you know but more they're just using this as like okay well this this is a winter festival have you heard the good news about our goddess of seasons and change <laughs> she is you know <laughs> she is very much winter's kind of one of her things sort of thing so maybe mm. they take this as one of their high holidays or not so much high holidays as so much as like this is a time for increased worship. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, I, but it's just kind of loosely affiliated. Perhaps it's just that I'm thinking in terms of a little bit of a reaction and trying not to echo real life entirely, but where we've got the, the maudlin whingers, the, the singers of the like unhappy winter songs and stuff, perhaps the religious side of this could actually be upbeat and could actually be part of the celebration. They still, they would look on the people that aren't joining in as like, yeah, we are celebrating the winter this we are surviving we are thriving we have a we have enough to get by with surely this is the god's mm. indication that we do the right thing that kind of stuff that well if the, they're worshippers of the you know the god of seasons they've got to take into goddess of seasons they've got to take into account that you know winter is one of the seasons sort of thing mm -hmm. so That's they it. would be worshipping this as like even though times are hard this is very much this is as ori wills it sort of thing you know Kind of yeah. thing. and so we should be you know <laughs> we you know we should be celebrating and look at look at all that ori has brought for winter time you know that kind of thing so it's like you say they're not idea. yeah yeah sorry but it, perhaps it's a silly idea but i it tickles me a little bit that maybe the adherence to that um deity could potentially do things like build ice sculptures or like not quite snowmen, but snow sculptures that like they would actually use the, t the time and the space. Like this is a unique time of year. We can do things with the world that are not possible otherwise. Mm. And to not do these things would be to uh, ignore the season. So of course they would embrace the opportunity to do things like sledding or skiing. Like perhaps, perhaps that would be the kind of stuff that. And this sounds like a fun it, religion. It, <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. Is it, it would make a change to have one where it's like, hey, they're just enjoying the different times of the year. Yeah. They're not they're not doing anything other than saying to people like, hey, here's all the potential of this this weather we're experiencing. Like, let's do these things. I like the idea that then in the summer they're like the first out on the beach sunbathing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they totally embrace every opportunity to just whatever nature is doing. They are down with it. They they are ready for it. They've got rituals. They've got processes. They're on board. At some point, figured out sledding. Somebody figured out maybe some there's a surfing thing or something like. It depends how far you want to go. But the fun thing as well is that because it's because it's sort of D and D and that this is very much a real entity. It's gone. <laughs> so they are there. There is a little bit of back and forth between the goddess, and you know it may be in you know ineffable ways and whatnot. But the goddess is definitely a real thing. <laughs> yeah, granting I, boons I, I like to the, the dude who invites invites a snowboard is raised to the level of saint and that and. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I'd love it, like the idea of like on, during the summer. Yeah, you've got your, your surfing dude, and oh man, he managed to like cut a mean wave, and the deity is looking down, like, "How did I never even conceive of this before?" And yeah, they, they also get a sainthood, and they get whatever it's over. Well, they get then, to come up there and surf forever. Then you got the added thing of like, but is surfing like that uh, a spit in the face of the god of the sea? Sort of thing. <laughs> you are, yeah. And then we've got rivalry. Yeah, may, exactly. maybe between the gods at that point, it could be like this is not the domain of the the, the two legged beings. They should not be out in this space. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> the whole wars have been fought over water skiing. <laughs> <laughs> the holy war of the of the wakeboard. Um, but yeah, bringing it back to the yeah. winter thing, I think something like making an ice sculpture with the symbol of the deity or something, that that kind of thing feels like it would be, I don't know, in keeping with a religious celebration and the, the adherence to that would be very much into doing that wherever they go. Like perhaps mm. they could go from village to village, leaving behind remnants of like, hey, here's the, the statue that they've built and it will only last for the season. And that's the point. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I, I like the idea as well that because of this God's domain, Generally, they're like we say that this is sort of it's it's a god of nature, really. 
just of the seasons part of it. So mm-hmm. there's not really going to be any people. They're, they're going to be a fairly kind of um, sort of benign kind of priesthood in terms of like they 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 could they could only see this festival as a good thing really because this is mm-hmm. people reacting and celebrating what has been brought by their god. So they're yeah, not totally. objecting to the Frostfire Festival at all. If anything, they're just looking at it as like, okay, well, maybe this is an opportunity to get a few more people into the temple and that. Hmm. But by and large, anything like this, that even if it not by name is in worship of our deity, then at least this is partly her doing, if you know what I mean? And yeah, people totally. are celebrating. So they're, they're kind of, they're, they're, you know, they, you know, they... They're not trying to stop people from celebrating in the the other ways. They're just doing their mm. thing as part of it, and you know, sort of taking it as like an opportunity to bring a few a few more people maybe into the fold of like, hey, you you know where all this came from, <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of like a happy coincidence after mm. a fashion that they they just yeah they're not there to proselytize. They're not there to force anybody. But it's like, hey, we we seem to have shared interests. Yeah, <laughs> there's overlap here. It so is what, yeah. It is one of their big yeah. It's one of their big celebrating things. But their own thing really. It's like a slightly different focus. Like they don't really do the whole grandfather winter thing or anything like that. They're yeah, just yeah, they might look services. on that as like a little bit of a kind of like that's that's a silly local tradition, but it's fine that they do it. It's not in the face of their gods. Like no, they're not no. saying that this grandfather winter is actually in control of anything. They're just saying that he's there, and that's that's fine. Yeah, you know they they they've taken they they you know they they can realize. God, I said they quite a lot in that sentence, didn't I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've um, sort of uh, what's the word? Kind of resign themselves but not i mean that sounds like they've sort of given up but i mean they've they've kind of well we'll go with resign themselves resign themselves to the fact that like this is the folk icon that most people are going to know um mm-hmm. it doesn't fly in the face of what our god is doing sort of thing so we're not going to yeah. condemn it basically exactly it's, yeah. it's no harm no foul kind I of might attitude be repeating myself a bit there but yeah <laughs> But I, I, just to bring bring it around to some sort of like additional sense, and this is just a, a, again superfluous thought. But the purpose for those adherents, the ones that are truly worshiping that god and everything, like they'd be the ones that would know when to plant seeds. They'd be know the ones that would know when the seasons are changing. Would be able to tell people start preparing for this. That the whole build up of winter. Perhaps they could have even been part of the reason why things changed once upon a time. That these guys rolled in to wherever this original story took place and said, hey, if you start preparing now, you're going to have a better winter. And that maybe the locals didn't, they might have taken that on board, but they instead attributed other things later on to them coming together. But really it's kind of like there's a knock-on effect of the the religious influence almost, the people that know more, pass on a little bit of knowledge, things get better for other people. They don't necessarily knowledge, uh, sorry, acknowledge why that happened. The adherence, no, ultimately, they can look on and be like, ah, yes, we have guided them well. Mm. Like, they, they've acted like shepherds almost after a fashion. Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of, yeah, this is where it gets a bit, a little bit murky, because that kind of strays into, because of the seeds thing, we do have a god of agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, the, the sort of, um, the sort of more kind of general vibe of the, the sort of god of seasons and things was that, it's really more kind of the seasons are nature, but they're wild and sort of, so it's less the, you know, the seasons are going to happen. So we are welcoming them as they do rather than mm-hmm. sort of having this as like a, this is a way to control nature, you know, cause agriculture and, and controlled nature has its own deity. Okay. If, yeah, no, if I like you know that. what I mean? Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good distinction. That That was just my thought on that really. Because yeah, that way it feels less like that, that. That might be why the the adherence to that um, deity wouldn't necessarily go around telling people do this, do that, because it's like, hey, nature's doing what it's doing. You're, yeah. you're going to do whatever in reaction. We'll do whatever we're going to do in reaction. But we know that what we're doing is correct. Yeah, that that's more the vibe I'm going with. Like that, they're, they're almost having a parallel celebration. They're doing their own celebration of like it's the middle of winter. This is look at all the bounty, the winter, the winter bounty that Ori has brought. 
Whereas at the same time, there's also this general cultural festival of the Frostfire Festival. Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be coinciding with because it's mid winter, essentially. Um, and they're you know yeah, they're not opposed to each other. Great overlap. Yeah, but that yeah. I mean, as with anything, there's going to be a little bit of sort of like. There's a little bit of overlap. There's a little bit of like there's going to be people saying, "So what? What does your god got to do with all of the you know sort of thing?" So there is mm. going to be a bit of back and forth anyway. They're not just happening in bubbles, but they are kind of in bubbles. You know, they're not sort of the 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 religious people aren't trying to affect the Frostfire Festival people, but they are sort of they are there if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I could imagine that ultimately it would come down to like you've got the. The villagers, the general populace that are having their good time, and you've got your religious folk that are having their good time. And on the side of it, we've got the people singing in the bleak uh, sorry, <laughs> midwinter, and just looking at both groups and be like, mm, "God damn, both of you!" Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we've covered a lot of it. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, we, we've sort of touched on a lot of the things. I kind of um, we didn't really talk too much about where where I'd put it as being like the sort of. Uh, straddling the two years kind of thing so the sort of <laughs> the highest day you know the the sort of big day of the festival is like the essentially New Year's Eve kind of thing um, I, well, mean, I, th- I think we've covered some interesting stuff though haven't we? yeah. we've certainly given a lot more we've put a lot more meat on the skeleton that you'd already put in place mm. whether I'll get around to typing it up or not in the next couple of days is another <laughs> Another matter. Ah, everybody's heard it audibly. So yeah, yeah. Those those that are interested, you you now know this is what takes place during the Frostfire Festival. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. I say I'm I'm pretty happy with what we've come up with here, and uh, well, we've been going nearly an hour as well. So that's um, yeah. I think that we've we've covered that quite well. I think. Um, unless you had anything else to add. No, I don't think I've got anything specific that I want to throw in. I say it's been a pleasure as ever, and, mm. and it's always fun. Just sort of like it's it. It, I'm trying to think of how to give insight to like people listening because it's all sort of like, I don't sit doing this most of the time. Like so, it's it's really interesting to see what avenues of thought it inspires. Like it's it's interesting to hear what your foundational thoughts are, and then I just go, okay, right. So I can see all these hooks, things to stick stick, stick things on, different mm. avenues to go down, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. a pleasure. Okay, well, that I think we'll call that a day then. I mean, this is our final episode of 2020, <laughs> and and uh, final episode, well, final world building episode of the year as well. Um, coincidentally, um, what year it's been? Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like we've done a lot more bonus episodes like this this year, mainly down to the fact that you know, pandemic and stuff kind of limited us a little bit in terms of what we could get together and record with regular games. But I think we've come up with quite a few kind of fun things this year as well. So, yeah, totally. And when what you have recorded, I've been enjoying the D&D stuff that's most recently been happening. And yeah, mm. looking forward to whatever's on the horizon for next year. We'll just have to wait and see when we can all come out of our houses and have social lives again. Indeed, yeah. I feel like I kind of jinxed it last year by making that big sort of like, here's what we're doing in 2020 video. And like... <laughs> <laughs> you cursed us all, AJ. Did, yeah, this is the what happens when I make... truly affected the whole world. I make detailed plans. Because what was in that video, it was like... New party, new characters. Yeah, that happened. Um, there was we were finishing off uh, things from the flood, which we did do. Mm-hmm. But then we were going to be doing uh, Return of Bork, Prance, and Enerve. We were going to be doing the second season of Star Wars. We were going to be doing Alien. I, I was yeah. going to eventually get around to doing that musical episode. Um, <laughs> just not much of that happened. Um, but hey, twenty twenty one beckons. And vaccines are on the horizon. Just to... Exactly. <laughs> we'll see. Vaccinate yeah. plans of mice and men. You can oh, never yeah. know what's going around the corner. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll call that a day there. Thank you so much to everybody who's listened to us in the last year. Uh, and, um, yeah, well, and before, obviously. Um, we will be back in 2021. I don't know if we're going to be back uh, in exactly two weeks with the next one. Um, we may do what we usually do, which... Is often not completely planned, but we seem to take Januarys off sometimes. Um, we'll see how we get on it after after Christmas and New Year, and that's sort of out of the way. Um, I don't think, yeah, like I say, at the very least, we're not going to be back in two weeks. We're going to be back in a little while. Keep an eye on social medias and everything, um, which you can find us at uh, at Pretend with Dice on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Um, I haven't posted on Instagram for a little bit. I will get to that very soon. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, as always, you can find us on Discord. Uh, the link to that is in our Twitter bio and the uh, contact page on our Podbean site. Um, we have a Ko-Fi page, ko-fi slash pretendingwithdice. And you can email us at pretendingwithdice at outlook.com. I sound really uncertain there because I don't have my script in front of me for the ending of shows. <laughs> Just trying to wreck your brain for a second. Oh, God, yeah. all those addresses. Ending the year like we always end things. Badly. And if you want to get to me to, just to top things off, um, I'm at Monkey Magic Eden on Twitter. Um, and every Saturday, most recently, I have been hosting Jackbox Party Pack Games uh, alongside mm. AJ, a variety of other listeners, people that have been on the podcast, a variety of people from other places. So if you're interested, just jump on the Pretending with Dice Discord and you'll see it when I'm posting links to that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, more than welcome to join us and tell terrible jokes, make references to Craig David, and draw pictures of people in sunglasses uh, that craig david thing really got out of hand didn't it i enjoyed it thoroughly <laughs> i'm still enjoying it I, I might be the only one but i'm not totally tickled me yeah okay so uh yeah well everybody uh thanks so much for tuning in have a great um holiday season and we'll see you in 2021 see you later bye-bye